Welcome back to the race to the cross uh, as we look at Mark's uh, speedy and frantic account of Jesus resolutely going ahead to that cross for you and me. It's nice to be able to go outside, isn't it? We, we live in a warm climate. We get to do that like most, most year long. And it's, it's nice to be able to do that. It's just nice to be able to be outside. It's nice to be able to go outside unless there's a storm. Or storms hold us back from doing what we might want to do. Think about that. Like, okay, we, we had these plans. We're going to do some outside, but no, big storm's coming, I think, in the next couple hours or something like that. And storms hold us back from doing what we want to do. Like a lot of things in life, challenges, hardships, difficulties, keep you from going forward to doing what you wanted to do, hold you back from getting where you wanted to be, or doing the things that you wanted to do. What storms are you going through right now? I'm sure there are plenty. I'm sure there are plenty of storms, um, so-called storms, things that hold you back from doing what you want to do that you're going through right now. Well, Jesus' disciples were actually going through a real storm in Mark's account that we're going to look at today from chapter 4. A real storm. Let's read about it. That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? The Sea of Galilee sits about 700 feet below sea level. Just to the north is Mount Hermon, 9,200 feet high. And so the cold air coming down from the mountains is continually clashing with the warm air coming up from the Sea of Galilee, creating some pretty nasty and furious thunderstorms and squalls. Pretty regular, almost daily occurrence in the Sea of Galilee. Professional fishermen like the disciples who regularly fished the Sea of Galilee would have been quite used to that. So this must have been a pretty incredible storm if these experienced fishermen were actually thinking that they were going to die. The waves, as it said, were breaking over the boat and filling the boat up, and they thought they were going to drown. But Jesus, he's sleeping in the back of the boat. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. The, the disciples are, are fearing for their lives, but, but Jesus seemed just kind of oblivious to the danger. Fear replaces faith. Uh, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, in, in the Greek language, there's, there's certain indicators that with, with each question, 
that will tell us whether the question is expecting uh, a no answer or expecting a yes answer. And the way the language frames this question, this question is expecting a yes answer. So this isn't, you don't care if we drown, do you? It's, you do care if we drown, don't you? So they were expecting a yes answer. The disciples did trust in Jesus. But the storm made their trust a little shaky. Fear replaced faith. The disciples believed that Jesus cared, but the storm looked deadly, and Jesus kind of looked indifferent, and so those two things didn't kind of add up for them. Now, storms and, and suffering and hardships can, can do the same for us too, right? Suffering disrupts our trust too, doesn't it? We believe God cares. We, we, we think God cares. But, but when suffering comes, it, it clouds our ability to, to see his care. And sometimes it might seem to us that God is sleeping. Now, in the boat, Jesus actually was sleeping. This wasn't just, you know, some spiritual... He actually was, like, sleeping. Um, it shows us a couple of things. First of all, it proves that Jesus is human. He was really sleeping because he needed to sleep. He was tired, and as a human, he needed sleep. So, number one, it shows us his humanity. The second thing, there's always a link between sleep and faith. Right? You can sleep when the wind blows. You can, when, when there's faith there, you can be at rest. You can sleep. You, right? We, we, we just physically sleep better at night when we're not worried about something. So there's this link between sleep and faith. Great example is uh, King David. In the Old Testament, David. David is on the run. In Psalm 3, David's writing about this. And he's on the run because his enemies are greatly outnumbering him by the thousands. And he's on the run, and they're, they're pursuing him, this, greatly, this force that greatly outnumbers him. And he writes about it in Psalm 3. But then, kind of in the middle of Psalm, he remembers, he writes about how he remembers that, that God is his shield and that God is protecting him. And then he writes this in verses 5 and 6. David says, I, so I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. So he, he lies down and sleeps but then, and, and then wakes again because it's the Lord that sustains him, not his own efforts. And then he says, I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. So he's got an army of tens of thousands coming after him, but he's able to sleep. David slept because he had faith. The Lord sustained him. His heavenly Father sustained him and protected him. And so Jesus can sleep in a storm because his Father sustains him. Because he knows that his Father constantly has his watchful eyes on him, protecting him. The, his, the, his Father sustains him, and he will wake again. And so just this picture of Jesus sleeping on a cushion in the boat in the middle of a storm is a model of faith for us to imitate, isn't it? So, you know, just in one hand, we can, you know, this Jesus shows, like, this is what trust looks like. And so if we want to know what trust looks like, he gives us a model of faith. But I think we also know that Jesus isn't just a model of faith. 
Jesus is the object of our faith. So he's more than just a model that shows us how to trust. He's the one we trust in. He's the object of our faith. So the disciples were like, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Here's what happens. Jesus, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, Jesus didn't get up and like put on like some kind of a magic show and, and, and a performance of some kind. He simply got up and he said, quiet, be still. To a hurricane, Jesus says, quiet, be still. The way that you might speak to an unruly child. And just like a compliant child, the storm obeyed. It obeyed. Completely calm, this phrase completely calm, could literally be translated dead calm. Meaning, water as smooth as glass. No ripples, no waves, no ripples. Nothing. Glass. Dead calm. Now normally when like a, after a storm comes through and the winds die down and the, you know, the storm ends, it still takes a few hours for those waves to stop pounding and rolling, right? And for the water to settle down. But yet here, when Jesus says, quiet, be still, the wind stops and the water goes dead calm. Only God could do that. And so Jesus is exercising power and authority that only God has. He didn't call on a higher authority. He didn't ask his father to step in. He simply said, quiet, be still. And he exercised authority over a storm. If you were here last week, or if you know that story, remember what we talked about last week, Jesus had told the Pharisees on the Sabbath day, he said, I'm not just someone who can, ex- who, who can instruct you to rest. I am rest itself. And here, in a sense, he's, he's demonstrating, I'm not just someone who has power. I am power itself. And in fact, anyone or anything in the whole universe that has any kind of power has it on loan from me. I am power. I have authority over everything. And so if Jesus is Lord of the storm with power over all things, then no matter what shape the world is in or no matter what shape your life is in, you're going to find that Jesus provides all the healing and rest and power that you could want. Before Jesus comes the storm, These disciples, they're afraid. But after he calms the storm, they're terrified. In the storm, the the boat was filling with water, and they thought they would die, and they were afraid. And now we know that feeling, don't we? When things are beyond our control, maybe, you know, just everything's going wrong. Nothing you can control. Everything is just happening to you. Nothing's going your way. Everything's going wrong. You, you totally feel like you're sinking. And somehow God seems to be asleep or absent. 
or unaware of what you're going through. And so you're thinking, don't you care if I drown? Disciples were asking, don't, don't you care if we drown? They, they were saying, what they were saying to Jesus basically is, if, if you loved us, Jesus, if you loved us, you wouldn't let us go through this. We wouldn't be in this danger about to sink in the sea. If you loved us, you wouldn't let us go through this. So Jesus got up, he calmed the storm, and you know what he didn't say? He didn't say, oh, yeah, I totally understand what you guys are going through. I totally get how you were feeling. No. He stilled the storm, and then he said, he asked, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And, and they, they were thinking, what do you mean why we were afraid? We were afraid that we were going to drown. We were afraid that you didn't love us. Because if you loved us, you wouldn't let us go through this storm. You wouldn't have let this happen to us if you loved us. That's why we are afraid you let these things happen to us. But when Jesus said, why are you so afraid? His point was, you should have known better. I do allow people whom I love to go through storms because I love them. You had no reason to panic. Our faith is tested in the water. Think about this. Our, our Christian faith is given us. It's um, fed us. It's strengthened in us. It's, it's taught us. It's strengthened us um, through words, through the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God. Our faith is given us and taught us and strengthened us through the Word of God. And so our faith, our Christian faith, is based in truth and facts. And so in many ways, our our Christian faith can be learned like a lot of school subjects. But it is not tested like school subjects. It is tested in the water. It's tested with times when, when our will and our ability to, to fix our, the problem or to save ourselves gets tossed out the window and we're forced to rely on God's will and God's ability to fix our problem and save ourselves. And he tests us to make our faith stronger because he loves us. God is far stronger than whatever is holding us back. Right? Like, like the disciples, we're all, we're all just trying our best to make it through life. Um, but, but storms happen. And before we know it, we're battling depression. We're battling uh, financial pressure or unemployment or relationship issues or bad health. Storms. We're battling these things. And that, that peaceful life we're striving for gets thrown off course. And, and maybe we wonder if God is asleep. But remember, God is far stronger than whatever is holding you back. And Jesus wasn't thrown off by thunderstorms back then, and he's certainly not caught off guard by the storms that you're facing in your life right now. But after, right, we said this, after Jesus calms the storm, the disciples were terrified. And they, they, they cry out, who is this? They're terrified. So why were they more terrified after the storm? Why? 
Because Jesus is on Jesus as Jesus is as unmanageable as the storm. Right? The storm had awesome power that they could not control. They were afraid of the storm. They knew they couldn't control the storm. But then Jesus was more powerful than the storm. And so they could even control Jesus less. They had less control over him. Now, um, a storm obviously doesn't love you. Uh, nature can be harsh. It can be violent. It doesn't care. Um, it, will, it has this uncontrollable power that will all get us sooner or later. But Jesus isn't under our control either. And Jesus lets things happen to us that we don't understand. Jesus doesn't always do things according to our plan or in a way that always makes sense to us. But since Jesus is God, since he's God, he is great enough to have reasons for doing those things that we don't understand. Yeah, we can't understand what he does. We are not in control of him. But if, if, if Jesus is God, that means he's great enough to have a reason for doing those things that we don't understand. His power is limitless, but so is his wisdom. And so is his love. And so nature nature's indifferent to you and me. But Jesus is filled with uncontrollable love for you. If the disciples had really known that Jesus had loved them, if they had really understood that Jesus was powerful and loving, they wouldn't have been scared. Their premise, their premise, if Jesus loved them, he would not let bad things happen to them, was wrong. That premise was wrong. He could love someone and still let bad things happen to them because he's God and he knows better than they do. God can love someone and still let bad things happen to them. Think about it. If, if we have a God who is great and powerful enough to be mad at because, because he didn't stop our suffering when we know he could, then we also have a God who's great and powerful enough to have reasons for doing that that we can't understand. If you're at the mercy of a storm... Its power is unmanageable, and it does not love you. But if you're at the mercy of the Lord, that's the only safe place you can be. The only safe place to be is in the will of God, because he's no more manageable than the storm, because he's God, and you're not, and there's no way you can understand that he does what he, why he does what he does, but he loves you. But he loves you. So why are you so afraid? Jesus asked, do, do you still have no faith? Um, literally, the, that, that phrase is, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Which is a great question because the critical factor in your faith is not its strength, but its object. What does that mean? Let, imagine this. Imagine that you are falling off of a cliff, okay? You're falling off of a cliff and still... Sticking out a side of the, the edge of that cliff is a branch, which is strong enough to save you. But here's the thing. You don't know. You don't know whether or not it's strong enough to save you. But as you're falling, you only just have enough time to grab the branch. So the question is, how much faith do you have to have in that branch for that branch 
to be able to save you. Do you have to have a 100% solid faith? No. You just need enough faith to grab the branch. Because it is not the quality of your faith that is going to save you. It is the object of your faith that is going to save you. It is not the strength of your faith that is going to save you. It is the strength of the object of your faith that is going to save you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel about the branch. All that matters is the branch. Jesus is the branch. Jesus is the object of our faith. And he's strong enough to save us. In the storm, Jesus was asleep. The disciples were about to sink and they were losing their minds. And they were thinking, Jesus doesn't love me. Jesus doesn't love us. Can we relate to that feeling sometimes? So Jesus woke up and he said, if you knew how much I love you, you wouldn't have been afraid. You would have stayed calm. We know that. We're here. I think we know that, don't we? We know that Jesus loves us and that we have every reason in the world to be calm even when a storm comes. But we're not always good at being calm, are we? We know that, but we're not always good at it. We're not always good at staying calm. We're not always good at handling difficulties and challenges and storms, are we? But we have something. We have something that the disciples then didn't have quite yet. We have a resource every day that we can use. We have a resource that can um, enable us to stay calm inside no matter how furiously the storms are raging outside. We can see, we can see how this gospel account Mark told here, we can see how this gospel account so closely parallels another true story, the Old Testament account of Jonah. Both Jesus and Jonah were in a boat. And both boats were overtaken by a storm. And both Jesus and Jonah were sleeping in that boat. And both were woken up by sailors saying, we're going to die. And in both cases, there was a miraculous divine intervention, and the sea was calm. And in both cases, the sailors were more terrified after the sea was calmed than they were before. One difference. In the middle of the storm, Jonah got up and said to the sailors, there's only one thing to do. If I perish, you're going to survive. If I die, you're going to live. And they threw him into the sea. But we don't see that happen in the story of Jesus, do we? Or do we? In Matthew's gospel, he recorded that Jesus said... One greater than Jonah is here. He was referring to himself. What he was saying was, I am the true and greater Jonah. And someday I'm going to calm all storms. I'm going to still all waves. I'm going to destroy all destruction. I'm going to break all brokenness. I'm going to kill death. How could Jesus do that? 
He could do that when he was on the cross. He could do that because when he was on the cross, he was thrown willingly, like Jonah, into the ultimate storm for you and me. He was thrown underneath the ultimate waves of sin and death. Jesus was thrown into the only storm that could actually sink us. The storm of eternal justice that we owed for all of our wrongdoing and disobedience. And that storm, that storm wasn't calmed until it swept him away. That's why Jesus was racing to the cross for you. Jesus stilled the only storm that we ever needed to fear. So here's the thing that we have, the thing, the resource that can help us, friends, it's remembering this. When you remember, when you remember Jesus bowing his head into that ultimate storm for you, you can know that you can never have to say, God, God, don't you care? When, when you remember Jesus bowing in that ultimate storm for you, you'll never have to say, Lord, don't you care? And when you know that he did not abandon you in that ultimate storm, what makes you think he's going to abandon you in the much smaller storms that you're experiencing right now? And when you remember that, you can know that God is far stronger than anything holding you back and that he loves you. And you can know that someday he's going to return and he's going to still all storms for eternity. When you remember, when you remember Jesus heading into that storm for you, you can know that he, you can know that he loves you and you can know that he cares. And then, and then you will have the power to be able to handle anything in life with calm and poise. Why would we need to be afraid? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for allowing yourself to be thrown into the ultimate storm on our behalf and ending any, need, any reason we need to fear in this scary world. So like you reminded your disciples, remind us we have no reason to be afraid. And help us to, to walk out of here with confidence today and walk into our lives, our families, our homes, our places of work, our communities with the confidence you give so that other people might see that confidence and know how much you love them too and how much you want to rescue them from the storm. Help us be people who bring peace into this world, true peace that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen.